a simple wine cabinet. An ordinary piece of furniture that you could probably turn a quick profit on. But what happens when an unsuspecting purchase quickly devolves into something more sinister? That's exactly what we're here to talk about, the Divic Box. So strap in, buckle up, and get ready to hear some real-world unfortunate events. Yet another reason to not look in the trees. To understand the Dybbuk box, you must first understand the legend of the Dybbuk. The word Dybbuk is a Jewish abbreviation for a Hebrew phrase meaning a cleavage of an evil spirit, or Dybbuk from the outside. Dybbuk comes from the Hebrew word for evil, Dybbuk, the act of sticking, and is a nominal form derived from the verb debach, meaning to adhere or to cling. Dybbuk did not enter the vernacular until the 16th century. It was largely ignored by those in the mainstream until 1916, when Esansky popularized it in the play of the same name. The overarching theme of the play advocated for orthodoxy as a means of warding off a Dybbuk. This play was a significant work of Yiddish theater, and has attracted attention over the years from other writers and composers, including Leonard Bernstein and Tony Kushner. The play depicts a young woman possessed by a ghost of the man she was supposed to marry because her father broke a marriage agreement. Therein lies the nature of a Dybbuk. A malicious spirit possesses a person or a thing by clinging to them until banished. The Dybbuk box itself is a contemporary case of a suspected possession of a wine cabinet by a Dybbuk. Kevin Manis was the owner of a furniture finishing business in Portland, Oregon. He listed a wine cabinet on an eBay auction and described it as having been owned by a survivor of the Holocaust in Poland. His description also mentioned that the previous owner claimed it contained the spirit of a Dybbuk. This previous owner was a sole survivor from her family after they had been sent to a concentration camp. She bought the wine cabinet after escaping to Spain, where she lived until the war's conclusion. Kevin himself bought the cabinet at an estate auction. He was approached by the granddaughter of the original owner, who recounted that her grandmother had said the box was never to be opened. The original owner even asked for the box to be buried with her, perhaps to take the debate with her to the grave. But this was prohibited in an Orthodox Jewish burial. Kevin offered the box back to her granddaughter, thinking that it had some kind of sentimental value to her. Her tone shifted once he made the offer, and she became irritable, raising her voice and saying, No, no! You bought it. You made a deal. He initially thought this may have been a result of stress and grief, but later recounted that there could have been a deeper meaning behind her emphatic request. The cabinet was taken to Kevin's shop where he did furniture refinishing. It was placed in the basement of his workshop, where he planned on restoring it and gifting it to his mother. Later that same day, Kevin was out running errands. He left one sales associate in charge of the shop. She frantically called him on the phone and hysterically reported that someone was in the shop, breaking glass and swearing. The same person had locked their iron security gates and emergency exit to trap the salesperson inside. Kevin rushed back to his shop to help the associate, 
and found that every light in his basement where the box had been kept had been smashed into pieces. Kevin noted that there was an unmistakable odor of cat urine lingering in the basement. The intention after this incident was for Kevin to refinish the box and gift it to his mother. He opened the cabinet and was satisfied with its quality, so he cleaned it and refinished it with lemon oil. He found several items inside the cabinet while cleaning it. A 1925 and 1928 U.S. wheat penny, a lock of blonde hair, a lock of brown-black hair, both bound with string, a granite statue engraved and gilded with the Hebrew letters spelling Shalom, a dried rosebud, a golden wine cup, and a mysterious black cast iron candlestick holder with octopus legs. He later offered all these items back to the estate, but they denied him. He included these items in the eBay auction. Kevin's mother came and visited him on October 31st, 2001. They planned to have lunch together, and he gifted her the cabinet before they decided to leave. Within five minutes of gifting her the cabinet, and while on the phone with the customer, Kevin was called out of his office to cries from his employees. His mother had been sitting in a chair beside the cabinet, expressionless, with tears streaming down her cheeks. Trying to take stock of the situation, Kevin asked his mom what had happened. She would not respond because she could not respond. She suffered a stroke. An ambulance took her to the hospital soon after this. She had suffered partial paralysis and lost the ability to speak. She eventually relearned this skill. Despite losing her speech, she could understand what was being said to her. She communicated by pointing at letters to spell out words from a general alphabet that she had had printed in front of her. Kevin asked her about her state a day after this event. She began to cry. N-O-G-I-F-T, she spelled. H-A-T-E-G-I-F-T, she spelled. Kevin still thought it all to be coincidence, so he laughed it off and continued on with his life. You would have thought at this point Kevin would have learned his lesson. He regifted the cabinet to his sister, who only kept it a week. She said that she could not keep the doors of the cabinet closed at all. She would close them, then return later and find that the doors had been reopened. She returned it, and the story continued. Kevin gave it to his brother, who kept it for three days before returning it to him once again. His brother claimed that it smelled like jasmine flowers, while his wife said it smelled of cat urine. Kevin gave it to his girlfriend, who asked him to sell it after only two days. So, he sold it to a middle-aged couple. Three days later, the cabinet was sitting at the front door of his shop with a note that read, This has a bad darkness. When he brought it home, he began having a strange reoccurring nightmare where he was walking with a friend, someone he knew well and trusted. The friend would then transform into a demonic old woman, and he would only realize this when it was too late. The woman would then proceed to beat him senseless, and he would awaken with bruises and marks where she had struck him in his dreams. At this point, Kevin still never attributed any of these events to the cabinet. These next events happened a month before Kevin listed the Divic box on eBay. He invited his brother and sister-in-law to his house to spend the night. Kevin's sister-in-law recalled a terrible nightmare during breakfast the following morning, where she described the exact same dream Kevin had been having. His brother froze as she was describing this and said that he had the exact same dream as well. 
They all realized this in the morning, that their dreams only occurred when the cabinet was in their respective homes. Kevin called his girlfriend and she reported the same dreams, but only on the nights she had the cabinet in her house. It was after this realization that Kevin began noticing a much more sinister effect of owning the wine cabinet. He began to see shadowy figures out of the corner of his eye everywhere he looked in his house. Guests who visited him also saw these shadowy figures. He put the cabinet in an outdoor storage unit on his property to keep it away from him. A smoke alarm went off in the storage unit in the middle of the night. Kevin went to investigate and saw no fire. He could only smell the overwhelming stench of cat urine. He returned in his house and now the smell had also filled his house. He never owned a cat. He brought the cabinet back in and started to try and find out more about what could be going on through research on the internet. He dozed off in the middle of his research only to be awoken by the same nightmare, this time accompanied by a large shadow figure walking down his hallway. He sincerely wished to destroy the cabinet, but feared that whatever demon or spirit was associated with it might enact a worse punishment against him if he did. This led him to eBay, where he hoped a haunted collector would take the cabinet off his hands. After listing the box, Kevin updated the listing to say that the curse had continued. He had come home on Friday the 13th of June to all 10 of his fish dead in their aquarium. The Dybbuk box was sold in June 2003 to the University of Missouri student named Losef Nitzke. Nitzke would only keep the box for eight months before listing it again on eBay. He had suffered throughout this period with insomnia and illness in the presence of the wine cabinet. He then sold it to Jason Haxton. Haxton claimed that he experienced paranormal activity in the presence of the box, that it had anti-aging effects on him as well. He had experienced a bout of welts and hives after first acquiring the box, and even once coughed up blood after choking for a period of time. He had seen strange lights and shadows while the box was in his presence. Haxton recruited scientists, paranormalists, cabalists, and Wiccans to help him subdue the demon within the box so that he could keep the wine cabinet. He believes that the spirit within is neutral, but plays off the energy of its owner. He said that the spirit had a goal, to reveal truth within its owners and to seek the right person to keep it. Haxton had a box created to keep the wine cabinet in a thick acacia wood arc lined with gold and stashed within his den. Even so, this wasn't enough. Eventually, he kept it in a water and shockproof case underground where it wouldn't be found again. Zach Bagans eventually found that Haxton had the Dybbuk box. Bagans is well known for his television show, Ghost Adventures. He ended up buying the Dybbuk box and displayed it as part of his personal collection in his haunted museum in Las Vegas. Bagans will not allow members of the public to view the box without having them sign a legal form waiving him of responsibility if anything were to happen to the person before or after seeing the box. So what do you think? Do you think the Dybbuk box is haunted or a demon's attached to it? I'm not entirely sure we'll ever know. But what I do know is that it's another great reason to not look in the trees.